0: Welcome back, Bears fans, to another episode of the Chicago Audible, a special episode of the Chicago Audible, and I'm glad that you have tuned in today. I'm Harris Littlewit, and I'm joined by my co-host, Nicholas Moriano. And, Nick, I don't know, do you want to go ahead and introduce our guest today?
2: Yeah, absolutely. We have Olin Kreutz on the show today, and he's just going to talk about the Bears, but we're really excited to have him on the podcast.
0: Yeah, let's go ahead and just bring Owen right on into the show. <laughs> It's great to have you on training camp just wrapped up over the weekend and we were able to be in attendance for the vast majority of the practices this year. And you can really feel a buzz from fans regarding this bears team. Did you get the same sense when you were down there? Because to me, it feels a lot like, uh, the fans are at the highest they've been on this team since the 2006, what, 2007 Levy Smith years.
1: Yeah, and, and the buzz is not just the fans, right? The buzz is also the team. I think the team has a feeling that they can be really good also. And I think they, they kind of feed off of each other. And the team is is feeding off how excited the fans are uh, for this season. And they're excited, too, in turn. But, look, it's it, a lot of it is because uh, it's the first time they've been good in a long time, right? Like the last playoff game they played in uh, – before last year, I played in it, and that's way too long, guys, mm-hmm. right? So uh, they, they had a lot of losing seasons. Credit Ryan Pace for getting the talent in that building. Uh, I'll never know why John Gruden doesn't want Khalil Mack and he wants Antonio Brown, but uh, that'll be a question for another time. Look, they, they changed it around. Uh, they have a Hall of Fame player in Khalil Mack. They got a lot of guys on their defense and their offense, who you could argue are in the top two or three at their position, the whole NFL. And that's what you need. Uh, when you compete in the NFL. So if they have health, um, we, I mean, I think everybody, including myself, who's been watching this team for a while now and doing radio, uh, we expect big things out of this football team.
0: You know, you talked about a hall of fame player in Khalil Mack. I believe Nick and I both agree. We have a hall of fame caliber guest here in you, Mr. Croods.
1: <laughs> well, look, I think I'm a long shot, to be honest. Uh, it would be a huge honor, uh, my, I had a great career in Chicago. Uh, you know, if I do ever go in, uh, that that would be, you know, that would be the ultimate uh, uh, individual award for me. But uh, you know, I, I don't, I don't really expect it or think about it. But uh, it would be a huge honor.
0: It absolutely would be, Nick. I want to go over to you. I know you have a question about the up and down Mitchell Trubisky that we've seen so far in training camp.
2: What were your impressions of Trubisky when you were at camp? And also, what should be real expectations for the third-year quarterback? Are you expecting a big season out of him?
1: I am expecting a big season out of him just because of what he's surrounded by. And, you know, Trey Burton, Allen Robinson, Montgomery, who they drafted, Taylor Gabriel. Uh, They just have a lot of talent around him. And then you talk about the way the team was built, right? And you could talk about Coach Nagy. You talk about They brought in Brad Childress this year. They have Heffert. They have Ragone. So basically, guys, they have four quarterback coaches on staff and well-respected coaches now. So when we get into this time when they start game-planning people, uh, Mitch has a big advantage with all the weapons he has. Uh, uh, Montgomery too, they can hand the ball to him. Mike Davis looked good. Uh, Tariq Cohen, let's not forget about Tariq Cohen. He can go to distance at any second. So When Coach Nagy starts putting a game plan together against these other teams, I think you're going to see a a vastly improved Mitch Trubisky because then they're going to ask him to do what he does really well. What you're watching in camp, guys, is an offense that is not game planning for a defense. Mm -hmm. So, basically, Khalil Mack is one-on-one every play, and that's a lose situation already, right? And Coach Nagy is going to ask Mitch to do what he's not good at in camp so he can get better at it. I think once they game plan, once they have him do what he's really good at, I think you're going to see a different Mr. Biscay. And I, just like that whole team, am expecting a big year out of him and that team.
0: Now, of course, Owen, we've seen our first bit of preseason action as well. And one player that really stood out was rookie running back David Montgomery. Thought he played very well. What's your take on him so far? Do you like what you're seeing?
1: Yeah, I I do like the way he hits the hole. Now, uh, one thing he did have a good game against, you know, you would say Carolina's twos. The Panthers probably had their twos or even their threes on the field there. And one thing I'd like to see him do a little more is press that hold, that jump cut to me, if the ones are on the field was a little early, but I think he'll learn that because the one time he did hit it up in the middle and he did that little spin move, uh, made a few guys missing up four or five yards. I think that's what he's going to be good at. I think he's going to be good at keeping the bears on track, uh, not taking the loss. What I mean, by that is on first and 10, you don't want to be in second and nine. If you guys know what I mean, you want to Mm -hmm. be in second and six. You want to be ahead of the sticks that way you can call any play you want in the playbook. So I think he's going to be that guy. Uh, I think he had a great game for his first rookie game. But if you ask me, the one thing I saw was uh, he could press the line of scrimmage just a little bit more for the offensive line. And, And to be very honest, that's just nitpicking a, a, a very a guy who looks like he's going to be a very good running back in the NFL.
0: Yeah, we're all expecting some great things out of Montgomery this year. That goes without any question. But Owen, I want to get to a big reason as to why you're on the show today. And that's because on Saturday, you're going to be over at Bears Fit in Vernon Hills for a Merging Vets and Players event. There, you're going to be introducing MVP's program of physical and emotional fitness to the combat veterans and former pro athletes of Chicago's north suburbs. First of all, this sounds like an amazing program that's doing a ton of good for our troops. Do you get her to tell us a little bit more about what's happening at Bears Fit on Saturday?
1: Yeah, look, MVP is a program that, that was kind of the brainchild of Jay Glazer, and he just thought that you know, combat vets and pro athletes have so much in common on the side of they're always looking for a team, right? They're always looking to be in a huddle. Uh, they're always looking to be a part of something. And and Jay Glazer did a great job of getting these two the uh, two groups together to kind of help, you know, each other through this transition of phase of, of being an athlete and being a combat vet. Now, listen, I, I, I'm the last one to compare – what we go through to what the combat vets go through but uh when when we're all together there is something kind of special that goes on and it's kind of like the same kind of people in the room people who who need a team who need a plan who need some somebody around them who are like them who are always looking to to be better and, and to to like you know just to help each other through a hard time so uh they do a great job they get about a 45 minute workout in and then really they have this thing called the huddle uh, after that's probably the most important thing where it's just, uh, you know, it's just a bunch of guys just talking, uh, talking about what they're going through, uh, through their week, through the last month, uh, the things that are hard on them and, and how they're getting through it. And, and some guys are just struggling, but it just, you can tell that to be together, uh, to support each other, uh, to listen to each other's problems and just to express like, uh, look, I don't have this football anymore. But I do have this team. I do have these guys I meet with once a week, which MVP does, which Bobby Wise is their program coordinator, does a great job of getting these guys together uh, just to support each other and say, look, uh, I'm still – you still have a team and someone like me who will support you guys uh, uh, through these hard times. And I even had them – I run a private gym out here in Lake Forest, and I had them to my gym, and and it was just a humbling experience having those guys – come to my gym and work out. And we all just talk after and just, you know, just support each other.
2: You know what, Olin, you just mentioned the connection in the team setting that MVP presents between former and current NFL players and veterans. And I think that's what makes this program both unique and special. Olin, what are you looking forward to most on Saturday when you'll have the opportunity to meet and interact with everyone that will be involved at this great event?
1: Well, I've been to a few of them and, and I'll tell you what I always look forward to is just a camaraderie, right? Just the hanging out with these guys who, who are amazing, who have done amazing things in their life and mm-hmm. are and just trying to integrate back into, uh, you know, you would say like society and just try to sh- just get there and just show them that, you know, I support them and I know they support me and just that you still have a team and just get together and just feel their energy because uh, these are intense guys who want to work hard who want to be around each other and who want to support each other. So uh, just the huddle of uh, the working out and and everybody just coming together and supporting each other uh, uh, through, through whatever you're going through, uh, you're able to talk about and you're able to get support for.
2: That's great. Olin. And I don't know if you've ever been to bears fit. I work out there maybe four to five times a week. It's a great gym. So you get a good workout in there as well.
1: It, it'll be my first time, but, but I'm excited to go check it out. I hear, uh, it's an amazing facility from uh, some of my former teammates like Jason McKee uh, mm-hmm. telling me that you got you to gotta go check this place out because it's unbelievable. So i uh, looking forward to that also. Yep.
0: All right. Yeah, obviously you're doing some great work there over with MVP. And we were talking about training camp earlier on the top of this show. And I'm curious, going all the way back to your first training camp as a rookie in Chicago, what, what do you remember most from your first summer in Bourbonnais?
1: Well, my first summer now I'm I'm old enough that I went to Platteville on the Oh, that's true. That. So, that's true. Yeah, my first summer was actually in Platteville, and uh, I remember getting up there and just realizing that there was no uh, air conditioning where we ate. You know, <laughs> in the uh, dining room, there's no air conditioning. There's no air conditioning in the in the locker room, and just you know, being around uh, in the NFL, and all of a sudden you show up and. You know, you're playing for the Chicago Bears and you're driving four and a half hours to Wisconsin. And I just remember honestly being scared shitless, like <laughs> these guys are going to beat the hell out of me. So, <laughs> you know, it, it was quite the experience because uh, kind of like James Daniels, um, you know, I was, I was 20 when I was drafted and just coming out here, being a kid from Hawaii and trying to adapt to Chicago and, and trying to adapt to the fact that now you're playing for a job. I mean, uh, it, it was a huge eye-opening experience for me.
0: Do you have uh, maybe something that you remember being like that uh, difficult transition between Hawaii and Chicago? Is there something that took you a while to get used to? Maybe the winters.
1: Well, definitely the winters. Uh, I'm still getting used to those. So uh, <laughs> that that was uh, that was something. But look, when you, when you're, I don't know if you guys remember the nose guard by the name of Mike Wells, but when you're lining up against a Mike Wells and. I remember the first time I went to block him and, and he picked me up and slammed me on my head. And just, you know, you can't think about the weather when you're going against those kind of animals. And Tony mm-hmm. Wise, who was the offensive line coach at that time, he ran on the field and he screamed at me. He said, Cruz, he said, that's the block you were drafted for. So I was thinking, gosh, I'm not even going to make the team this year. But, uh, you know, when, you, when you're in the middle of, of that kind of intensity, when you're in the middle of the trenches, uh, when you're trying to make the Chicago Bears, You're not thinking much about the weather. You're just thinking about blocking that big guy in front of you.
2: Needless to say, Olin, you did a great job at blocking, and ever since that block, you've had a a great career. Uh, The Chicago Tribune ranked you as the 26th best Chicago Bear in franchise history, well-deserved after your 13 seasons with the Bears. Going back to your playing days, obviously there were some Mm -hmm. tough one-on-one matchups throughout your career, and you just alluded to one earlier. Who were some guys, though, that you played against that you knew once the game started, and until it ended, it was going to be a dogfight down in the trenches.
1: Yeah, there, there were a few guys. I would say the, the one guy who, who tops my list, do you guys remember the Kevin and Pat Williams for the Vikings? And, mm-hmm. and Pat, uh, even though we had a rivalry and didn't like each other very much, I, I'm far enough from the game now that I can honestly say that he was a very, very high-level nose guard, very good, hard to deal with. And I knew every time I showed up to play the Vikings, which is twice a year, uh, I knew that was going to be a war. Uh, when Sean Rogers is down in Detroit, uh, he was another, you know, I think Sean was 6'5", 380. Uh, he, he was a handful to handle and, and a very, very good athlete. Um, you know, they had Big Daddy Wilkerson at some point. So the NFC North, which I first got, uh Central, I'm saying, the NFC Central, when I first got to Chicago, was full of guys. You know, you're talking about Warren Sapp and uh, Brad Culpepper and, uh, you know, and then you went to Detroit, and you had uh, Robert Porsche and uh, Luther Ellis, and Green Bay had, um, you know, uh, Santana Dotson and Gilbert Brown. So yeah. you, you you could just keep naming guys that that we had to go war against every year. The Steelers had Casey Hampton. Uh, I remember going against him a whole game, and that was a war. Uh, you know, I played so long that I, I you, we, would, we would need a whole show on guys that, that gave me you know, problems through my career because, uh, look, this is the NFL, and, and, and that's how good uh, guys are that you play against. And it just always seemed like whether it be the uh, NFC Central or the NFC North, uh, it always seemed like some of the toughest D linemen in the NFL uh, were in this division.
0: Yeah, the black and blue division uh, got its reputation for a reason, for
1: sure. Right, yeah, you- for sure.
0: Now, you talked about it. You played for a long time, obviously, uh, your entire career here in Chicago. A lot of former Bears uh, in and out as you kind of stayed put. What kind of legacy do you hope that you left behind for all the teammates that you had? Like, if they had to sum you up in a word or two, what kind of teammate do you hope they remember you as?
1: You know, I just really hope that when I played the game, my, my number one objective always well, just to respect the game of football. And, and, and uh, if you guys have followed me at all, you know how much I love the game of football. And, and I have a mm-hmm. very uh, high opinion. I have a very strong opinion on the way it's supposed to be played and, the, you know, and just respecting the game. And that means working hard at it, uh, realizing how lucky you are that you're playing this game and getting paid for a living. So show up every day, work hard, uh, get after it on the field. If a teammate – I have two sons now – And the things I yell at them about would be things that you probably wouldn't expect. Like I I would tell my offensive line son that I do not want to ever see you leave a teammate laying on the ground again. So you pick him up, get him off the ground, you know, and and I tell the same thing to my my son who plays linebacker. Like if one of your teammates makes a great play, I want you over there celebrating with them. And to me, uh, that's what the most important part of the game is. That's respecting the game of football, playing it hard, uh, playing it tough, but playing it fair. And, and celebrating with your teammates and making sure you're supporting your teammates and your team. But um, to me, if you ask me if what's the one thing I want to remember for it, it, it would be that.
0: Now, of course, currently on Twitter, I see you breaking down film all the time. Is this like a new passion mm-hmm. or during your like playing career, were you always like a film junkie? Well,
1: uh, I don't know if you, as you guys probably do know, you know, I do the uh, post game show for the score. Mm-hmm. Um, after every game and you know this year I think I'll be doing pre and post and doing some work for uh, NBC Sports Chicago on their post game show with Alex Brown uh, Lance Briggs and Matt Forte and Lawrence Holmes so um, I I analyze the game but to be honest with you I've always been a fanatic of football so uh, when I got when they gave me the chance to to get on there and analyze Chicago Bears you know everybody knows my love for Chicago Bears so I'm watching a game anyway. I, you know, I got the game pass on NFL.com and I'm always watching film and it just seemed like a natural thing to do to, to go out there and, and, and uh, break it down on Twitter. Uh, hopefully give some, the fans some insight into, you know, some, it's kind of hard to know what blocking schemes are. And to be honest, I'm not always a hundred percent right, but, but I do have kind of an, you know, I do have kind of a knowledge of, of blocking schemes and things like that. So I, I like to break that down for fans. Like, In the last preseason game, I think people may have thought that uh, Montgomery missed a block on pass pro, but uh, because of the way Chase Daniel uh, directed the pass pro, he actually blocked the right guy. So just little things like that Mm -hmm. and just kind of help fans because I do analyze for the score. And uh, this year for Amherst Sports Chicago, like I said, uh, I'm watching it anyway, and I just like to put it out there on Twitter. So um, I think people enjoy it, and I enjoy it anyway, so I might as well do it.
0: I know, personally, I really enjoy it. I try to share it as much as I possibly can. You've been doing some great work over at the SCORE and, of course, at NBC Sports Chicago. But let's move forward, and let's talk about this year's Bears team. And, Nick, I believe you have a pretty good question here to kind of kick this off.
2: Yeah, Olin, I think we can all agree that this Bears offensive line plays a lot better when Kyle Long is healthy and in the lineup. Mm -hmm. For the first time in a long time, Long didn't need surgery in the offseason and went to training camp healthy. What do you like specifically about Long's game, and how can a veteran like him continue to improve now that he's in his second season with Harry Easton as his position coach?
1: Look, you know, what do you like? When Kyle Long is healthy, I would guess the the question is, what in the hell wouldn't you like about <laughs> Kyle Long? Right? The guy very is, true. Uh, yeah, he's a genetic freak, and I, you know I don't know if you two, you guys been to camp, so you've seen him in person. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is a very large human being who is athletic. It's it's, Kyle can be, Kyle has, not not a lot of people have Hall of Fame potential, and and I'm trying to put this the right way, and Kyle has that kind of potential where when he's healthy, when he's 100% right, uh, now he's got Harry Heastan, who I make no uh, secrets about, is one of my best friends, and in my opinion, uh, the best offensive line coach in the world. So now he's got a lot of things going for him, guys, and, uh, I don't know if you guys watched the name of the camp, but he looks really good at camp. Uh, and he's going against Akeem Hicks, who is another absolute animal, right? So uh, those two guys are going against each other every day. Uh, iron sharpens iron. I remember my first Pro Bowl I, ma- I made. It was for no small reason that I was going against Ted Washington every day in practice, guys. And and, I, and when I went to games, uh, the game seemed easy to me. So Kyle Long's got Akeem Hicks in front of him. Uh, he's got uh, Eddie Goldman. He's got to block Trevathan. He's got to block Roquan Smith. Now he's healthy. Uh, if Kyle Long is healthy, he's a top two, three guard in the whole NFL. And and that's what the Bears, If he, it, I think that's what the Bears will, if healthy, get out of him this year.
0: Now, outside of Khalil Mack and Mitch Trubisky, because they're the obvious two, who do you deem as the next most important player on the team this year?
1: To be honest when, when you ask me that question I don't look at um I don't look at the level the guy plays at like Khalil Mack is you know Khalil Mack I know how I'm important I know you say Khalil Mack and Mr. Trubisky. My argument to you would be Khalil Mack was injured last year and they won games, right? Sure. Mitch Trubisky was injured last year and they won games, right? So they're very deep. They're, they, you know, uh Chase Daniel is a luxury in the NFL. He's a very, very good a backup quarterback to have uh, the Bears' front seven. Look, uh, they couldn't go the whole year and win the Super Bowl without Khalil Mack. That's very obvious, but they could win a few games without him because that's how good Eddie Goldman, Akeem Hicks. You put Lynch out there. You still got Floyd. Floyd still got Cerven. You still got Roquan Smith. You still got Eddie Jackson. You still got Fuller. Still got Prince. So, my, to you, I would say Charles Leno is very important to that team because. You guys know the depth chart like I do. You guys were at camp like I am. Uh, And every team has this problem, but they do not have a backup left tackle. So, I would not like to see them lose Charles Leno, to be honest with you.
0: That's a very good one. Like you mentioned, Rashad Coward is a primary right tackle backup behind Bobby Massey. So, yeah, that's a great observation. And they
1: got Lucas. They brought in Lucas, right? And and Lucas looked pretty good. Not pretty good. He looked looked good against Carolina. Um, So... They got Lucas there. They got uh, Cummings. I think they got Cummings, who's coming off an ACL. So they're trying to get a they're trying to get a backup tackle. Which, you know, like I just said, let's be honest. There's there's 31 other teams who would like a good backup left tackle. They just don't make them. But uh, when you look at the Bears team as a whole and where they could least afford to lose somebody, it would probably be, in my opinion, uh, besides. Uh, it could be tight. You could argue tight end too, but in my opinion, it would probably be an offensive tackle.
0: Now, I want to get your insight on this position switch between James Daniels and Cody Whitehair. Obviously, I think between the three of us here on the podcast, you're the best suited to kind of give some insight. Uh, so, obviously, each <laughs> have played uh, both positions uh, collegiately and professionally. But I'm curious now that it's a full time switch, what do you believe are mm-hmm. some of these subtle things that each player, Daniels or Whitehair? needs to do to adjust? Or maybe you have some firsthand information from Harry Heastan in terms of how this adjustment's kind of gone.
1: Well, I was at camp, and I, you know, I don't know if you guys – it's hard to see, obviously, the interior of the line. But I was at camp, and it, it's pretty smooth now. And, and both have played both positions that they are playing, right? Cody has played guard before. Cody has played center. James has played guard and center. I, I'll say this. When I watch James Daniel play – Daniels played on film last year, and I watched him in camp play center. I think the guy has a chance to be a very special center, if not uh, the best center in the NFL. So when a guy has that kind of talent, uh, that kind of natural talent for a position, and you're looking at a guy who can be top two or three player in the NFL his position, uh, you have to put him there. You have to put a center. And everybody knows how good of a job Cody has done uh, at center. But I will say this. Uh, it's been smooth from what I've been watching. I think that they made the right decision. I think that it'll benefit both both players. I think Cody uh, will be a better guard than he was a center, and I think that James is on his way to being, uh, you know, everything healthy and, and adjusting to the mental aspect of playing center in NFL. Which, uh, as you guys know, he played for Kirk Ferentz in Iowa, and Kirk Ferentz said that he is the best center, natural center he's ever coached with the most skill, and that's. That's high praise from a guy like Kirk Ferentz, who coached offensive line in the NFL, was coached offensive line a lot of years in his career and as an offensive line guy. So I think James is going to do a great job there. Um, I've been saying that for a while, that I think he should play center, and, and I'm excited to watch him. I'm excited to watch him play that position.
2: Yeah, I'm excited to watch him as well. I actually went uh, graduated from the University of Iowa, so I knew all about James Daniels, especially when the Bears drafted him. (laughs) Very, very happy that they got him on the team. And, Olin, we can't talk about the Bears without mentioning the 2018 Coach of the Year, Matt Nagy. He's established a great culture in this Bears locker room, and you can really tell these players just enjoy playing for him. So although he was accomplished some great things in his first season as the Bears head coach, what do you want to see out of him either as a play caller or as a head coach now that he's heading into year two as a lead man for
1: the Chicago Bears? Uh, just more of the same. More more of these guys totally buying into him, uh, enjoying playing for him. He seems to have a a great feel for what his team needs. And as an example was, I think I was just reading about that. He had all the coaches yelling and screaming at them the other day. And just that he had a feel that, that that was what they needed. They needed people on them that day. They needed people getting after them. And he seemed to press all the right buttons last year. And uh, I'd like to see him just keep trusting his gut, uh, keep going with what he thinks is right for his team because he's been right so far. And and, yeah. and I just want to see him keep doing more of that. There's more of uh, everybody being themselves, uh, letting them have fun. And we all know that with winning comes, you know, everybody's happy and all likes each other. So uh, hopefully we get more of that. But uh you know, to be honest with Coach Nagy, uh more of the same. Now, if you're asking an old offensive lineman, what I like to see a little more of I think we all know I'm gonna say run the ball, but I don't think coach I don't think Coach <laughs> Nagy uh, uh, is that style of play caller and seems to work for them last year what he was doing. But uh, other than that, um uh, uh really excited about what he's brought to Chicago so far.
0: Now of course, speaking of excitement, Nick and I were very excited to have the opportunity to have you on the show today, which is real funny because yesterday I was cleaning out my garage, just tidying up a little bit, and I came across the cover of Sports Illustrated that you were on. It was you, Roberto, and Jay uh, going into the NFC Championship game against the Green Bay Packers. It was pretty cool uh, to see you on there and now, of course, talking with you today. I know Nick and I both really appreciate the time that you took to uh, hop on our show. really means a lot.
1: Guys, I appreciate you uh, having me on, and I appreciate you talking about MVP, a a great program. And hopefully, you know, it goes well at Bears Fit, and we have a good time out there.
0: Well, that's going to do it for this episode, Bears fans. I want to thank you again for tuning in. I hope that you enjoyed that Owen Kruitz interview as much as Nick and I enjoyed hosting it. Nick, it was pretty damn cool to have Owen Kruitz on the podcast. Never thought that would happen.
2: Never thought that would happen, but he gave some great answers. Mentioned Kirk Ferentz in Iowa, so I'm happy.
0: Well, Nick's happy. I'm happy. Hopefully everybody listening is happy. I know Owen's happy being able to talk about you know, his MVP event happening at Bears Fit this Saturday. Again, really great cause, and it's awesome to kind of hear a little bit more about it and what it means to him as well. The next time you hear from us, is going to be Friday night after the Bears take on the Giants for their second preseason game of the year. But until then... Bear down, Chicago. <laughs>